one. So I saw this story here about an upcoming uh, Samsung Galaxy device in the M series, in the M lineup, with a tremendous, with an enormous battery life. The M41 upcoming phone, Monster 6800 milliamp hour battery. And this headline says it'll smash the iPhone SE. I'm, I don't know why that's important. You know, people know Apple devices. People know the iPhone SE. So I guess that comparison is being drawn. Also, price-wise, this is going to be going to be a budget-minded offering. And it got me thinking in general about what are, the, what are the truly valuable characteristics about a budget phone? Because when you go to the flagship level, you get... You kind of get everything. You want to spend a thousand bucks, you get everything. Get good battery life, nice display, fast processor, and, and and so on. When the iPhone SE came out, it was all about the processor, getting that forked over top tier A series processor, whether or not it's running at full capacity at all times. Uh, but then you you had this old form factor, small battery. A small display, and that was the that was the approach Apple took. Where a lot of other manufacturers are going completely different ways. Samsung here, uh, obviously, putting a tremendous amount of attention on the battery, which to me would seem, for a budget-minded smartphone buyer, to be an important consideration, especially in certain markets where. Uh, you may be away from a wall outlet more frequently or for extended periods, periods of time. Maybe not even certain markets, but also certain job descriptions where you may be away from power for an extended period of time. So this is almost 7,000 milliamp hours inside of a device that's set to cost around 300 bucks. Well, it will be the successor to the M31, which was a $300 smartphone. So can you, I mean... It's going to be hard to find, particularly a brand, a uh, rec recognizable brand like Samsung, to find a device with this type of battery capacity at that particular type of price point. Mm -hmm. Now, the other advantage it's going to have is in charging speed, it's going to come with a 15-watt charger. Would have been nice, of course, to see something even faster than that. But that, again, if you're making the comparison, it's a weird comparison. Look, I didn't make it. Tom's guide made the comparison, mm -hmm. to be clear. But... Uh, I guess some people, if you're if you're at the right, if you're at the same price, some people are going to make that comparison. They're going to have to make that decision. You're likely going to get a bigger display here as well as, as some other specs. But presumably, from a processing perspective, you're going to have a, you're going to take a step back as far as the chip is concerned. But I have to say, as far as my uh, consideration goes, I value battery life quite a bit. I like to have a nice battery on there. There are nights where I don't recharge the phone. Mm -hmm. and I was using the 5,000 milliamp hour battery on the S20 Ultra. I had a lovely time. Currently on the OnePlus 8 Pro, battery's okay. I think, what is it, 4,500 milliamp hour. So I personally would have a real problem going down to a budget or value-minded smartphone and taking a big dip backwards in battery life. That wouldn't be cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy that very much, so... I don't know what the right figure is, but if you're looking for a battery beast, keep your eye out for this upcoming M series from Samsung, though it's likely only to be available in certain markets. We have even more leaked images of the OnePlus Nord. And remember I told you, Will, it's starting to feel, it's, it's starting to feel less like a leak and more like a drip. I told you that on a previous episode. That's what I'm going to call it now. That's my... Uh, the drip? It's my new... Twitter handle 
my new leak Twitter handle. It's You're called Lou sixty five. It's called it's, <laughs> no, it's called uh, Lou Drips. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah, OnePlus is just letting us see the whole phone now. I, uh, this one coming via EV leaks, Ev leaks, and uh, it has a case on it. You see the backside of the phone. I mean, they put it in their own press material on that Instagram account. As you recall, coming in and out of the pocket, you had the flashy pants. You had the flashy belt in the promo clip. You had the flashy new age type people that are interested in this phone. <laughs> That's what OnePlus wants you to believe. And, but this is just the now you're just seeing the phone. Mm -hmm. And so you have your, your camera module on the side. You have your flash over there. You have your alert slider. It's a fair, I mean, you have the new OnePlus logo and you see, if you look closely, you see the pill style dual front facing cameras there as well. It's a fairly nondescript design, particularly in the color that's showcased here, though, of course, there's also, there, there's been a lot of uh, talk about this, this turquoise or teal color thing. So maybe it'll, it'll, it'll look a little more defined in that particular color, but this is just, it's, we're seeing the whole phones now. Yesterday it was the uh, Note 20 Ultra. You see the whole phone in a video. Yep. And this one, it appears OnePlus is staying in the news with all their all their uh, little little pieces of information that are slipping out or intentionally in front of us. I think this is just the future now, man. What we're not there's not going to be any smartphone ever again where it's just going to surprise us and be completely unknown at the launch event. Mm. We're never going to have that true surprise moment anymore. We just have to be, we just have to accept it. Yeah. I don't really care. I mean, whatever. Like, it's so hard for these things to surprise us anyways. Even yeah. if we didn't see the image. What, 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 what was going to happen? How was it going to come out that we were going to be, whoa! You know, the, re the really, the only surprise characteristic now, the only way you're going to make an audience go, <gasps> That was sound effect caliber right there. The only way is if you come with an unexpected price. That's the only way now. So if they come with this and then they say, and it's only going to be $300, you would get that sound in the audience. Mm -hmm. But I don't expect that to happen. It's probably going to be closer to 500. It's going to have that uh, lower tier Snapdragon chip, but it will beat some of the other budget offerings in other areas. They've confirmed it's going to have an AMOLED display, apparently. Mm -hmm. And it should have a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. So anyways, OnePlus Nord. They, uh, we keep seeing more of it. Apple is apparently still committed to Thunderbolt, even though they're moving away from Intel-based laptops and desktops, presumably through the Apple Silicon project stuff that they're working on. Uh, I had this question when, when we first heard about this during that keynote, WWDC. I was like, wait a second. Intel, Apple, work together, Thunderbolt tech. What happens to Thunderbolt in the absence of the Intel chip being in there? But... You kind of need it. Mm -hmm. what, are you, what are you doing without... Uh, I've been through all kinds of Thunderbolt fiascos, you and I in the studio here. We need Thunderbolt for certain things. Mm -hmm. Tremendous throughput. Big throughput guy myself. Mm -hmm. You you included. And so I was curious, did it go... So, is there some next generation connector or, or uh, um, interface that I'm unaware of? No. Well, there will be another Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt 4, as you mentioned. And a spokesperson from Apple says, look, we're committed. Over a decade ago, Apple partnered with Intel to design and develop Thunderbolt. And today, our customers enjoy the speed and flexibility it brings to every Mac. 
Hmm. We remain committed to the future of Thunderbolt and will support it in Max with Apple Silicon. So they officially, they went on the record and said, all your peripherals, everything, you're okay. This is still how you're going to interface. And of course, Apple wants to sell you this, this mobile future, this mobile computing future for all your needs. And they're going to need to have this uh, high-powered interface in order to enable that. Because otherwise, how do you interact with uh, the, the powerful external devices that we have to interact with without having that connector? Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with something where everything's integrated, like a laptop or maybe even some next-generation iPad. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Some next-generation video editing iPad, which moves on from just strictly Type-C to potentially Thunderbolt. Well, can you put it in an iPad? I don't know. Eventually. Once they get this stuff working with Apple Silicon, yep. uh, uh, the sky's the limit. Yes. Potentially. So, uh, according to Apple, Apple Silicon will will bring a new level of performance with more powerful Macs that are also more energy efficient and with better battery life. So, they're very excited about their chip. Thunderbolt is going to go along for the ride. Tesla is very close to level five autonomous driving technology, Elon Musk says. Apparently, there was some event that took place in Shanghai. Uh a type of conference, a type of AI, World Artificial Intelligence Conference. It doesn't look super packed in the auditorium there. Are people getting together? Are they having conferences and conventions? Are they still afraid of gathering in large numbers? I don't know. Uh, I, I believe China's opening up to a certain degree. Anyways, he goes on the video conference looking very professional there. He's yeah. He put the... He put the memes aside for this presentation mm. with the hands like this at the yes. desk. He looks super professional here with the satellite image in, in the, the, the uh, picture of a satellite in the back because of the Starlink and all the rest of it. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, if you're at an AI convention and this comes on screen, you're paying attention. Oh, yeah, very serious. Anyways, he says that level five uh, autonomous driving is right around the corner. His quote... I'm extremely confident that level five or essentially complete autonomy will happen. And I think it will happen very quickly. He uh, gave these remarks via video message at the opening of Shanghai's annual World Artificial Intelligence Conference. I remain confident that we will have the basic functionality for level five autonomy complete this year. So level five autonomy, a lot of companies working on it, not just Tesla, you have uh, Google or Alphabet in the, in the form of Waymo. Uber is working on autonomy. Obviously, they're very invested in the potential, the autonomous future potential. Uber sent, Uber's got a few vehicles out on the roads. I don't know Quite if you knew that. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I haven't used Uber in about a billion years myself. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. But anyways, yeah, they're they're uh, also invested in some form of autopilot. I don't know if you remember, Will. We had a uh, a chart once upon a time on the screen of the different levels of autonomy up to level five. Mm-hmm. You think you could bring that up again, or we have to uh, just just confirm here how big of a deal level five autonomy is? It's the full out. It's the full deal. And so here we go. Uh, level zero, no automation at all. That's every car. Level one is some form of driver assistance. Level two is partial automation. Level three is conditional automation. Four, high automation. Level four, level four autonomous vehicles can drive themselves without human interactions besides entering your destination, but will be restricted to known use cases. 
let's see. Let's continue here. We're not too far from, just scroll up a little bit more, Will. We're not too far from seeing driverless vehicles out on public roads, though regulations constrict its availability. Waymo has developed and is in the process of testing level four vehicles capable of driving themselves in most environments and road conditions. So most, but not all. Level five is the full deal, artificial, human, all circumstances, super pursuit mode. At level five autonomy, we arrive at true driverless cars. Level five capable vehicles should be able to monitor and maneuver through all road conditions and require no human interventions whatsoever. So that is some that is a serious leap to go to that final version. You just you're not even touching it. I don't think humans are are snoozing in the seat yet, but that's some some serious level of trust to put into those autonomous systems. And it's the one that people obviously have many questions about and are also excited about because it's that that's that true future move. Mm-hmm. So Elon says they're going to have it this year. He's he's super happy about it on a screen in Shanghai, letting people know. There's a TV here, a TV news. Normally we wouldn't cover this kind of thing, but this is a really weird one. It's the Ciro, and it is a rotating airplane-enabled 4K QLED display. Rotating, yeah, it actually motorized rotating display capable of portrait mode how weird is this thing is it to watch tiktoks yeah yeah. Uh, (laughs) if if tiktok sticks around doesn't get banned everywhere yeah (laughs) it's to watch portrait content which of course yeah has become very popular online obviously that's how you watch a, a ton of content on your mobile device and samsung's trying to bring that into the living room in a in a way Although it's, it, it doesn't really translate because uh, a lot of the apps, how do you get the apps that are natively portrait onto a display like this? And so I'm reading through this article here. It's a, I guess it's kind of a review or a hands-on with this display via nine to five toys. And the problem occurs in getting that content onto this display. Uh, this individual trying to airplay from an iOS device portrait mode content couldn't get to work correctly it would just show up kind of windowed and assuming the display is still horizontal it appears for the time being that the key functionality here is actually for uh an aesthetic functionality so that it looks sort of more like a piece of art when it's not in use and if you if you scroll down i think a little bit more here maybe just play a little bit of the video what you'll notice is it has a bunch of what look like pre-installed kind of video wallpapers that show up in a portrait mode, which make the thing look less like a TV standing in your room and more like a painting or a picture. And you can see there's a cycling through some of those images here. And that's sort of what it looks like. And I don't know about you, Will, but this maybe it could create some kind of ambience in your space. I don't know. Mm. You don't care. Mm. See, you're going to pay a premium for that ability. And so, so the thing is, for me, it, uh, they, they did state that this might not be the final software there could be improvements particularly around feeding that portrait content onto this display Mm. but my thing is it's such a move to hit the button and watch it spin unlike a phone where you almost intuitively just flip it around for Mm. portrait content this is a more uh there's just seems to be more friction in my brain around oh now it's time for portrait now it's time for landscape and the speed at which it's capable of spinning around so maybe it's just a party trick i think you're really going to have to get into the idea of the art mode to really justify to purchase this thing as it stands right now if it could smart guess the content type and spin on its own 
maybe we're talking about something. Yeah. Does it have a camera? Maybe it's good for like conferencing or. Yeah, I, I hear some you sort on of that. Like video chat. That wouldn't. That would be an all right idea. I don't know. Nothing. There's nothing in here that actually mentions that functionality. It's also only a 43 inch display, so it's not the biggest TV that's out there, hmm. and it comes in at two thousand bucks. So it's, yeah, it's 4K, but it's it might be a tough sale for some people who aren't willing to pay this premium. You can see here's an AirPlay version of what happens with portrait content. It's not optimized yet. Now, if that worked properly, Will, and you go to AirPlay something off your phone and it shows up in the correct orientation, maybe we're on to something. Hmm. So maybe there's just a software piece that has to be added here. But just from a gadget perspective, to watch the whole display spin around, you give it some points, Will. Can yeah. you give it a couple of points? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's cool. 1.5 extra points for that. But yeah, they're, they're going for the attractive thing. They're just trying to continue to figure out ways to get you to upgrade your TV because yeah. it's hard in 2020. But anyway, it's called the Ciro. 2000 bucks. Samsung has tried other aesthetic-driven uh, TV upgrade paths. They've had the frame. Remember that thing? It looked like a picture frame. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think they've had ones that looked like mirrors before. They've tried a number of things. This is their latest attempt. You don't sound impressed with mm. which is fine. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Quibi, holy moly. I just asked you this morning, like, what's going on with this Quibi thing? And it turned into a whole thing for me. I went down a Quibi rabbit hole trying to figure out what this service is all about. For those of you that don't know, we're talking about somewhere between TikTok and Netflix. That's how, how it's kind of being pitched. To me, it's more like paid YouTube. Mm. <laughs> That's the way I see it. It's 10-minute content, 10-minute premium content, a lot of tra traditional media uh, stars, celebrities on the platform. They're going after sort of the HBO feel of content or the Netflix premium feel of content, but in a shorter format, 10 minutes. I hopped on there and I just checked out a little trailer for a sports documentary series. I got to admit, okay, kind of compelling. I don't know. It looked kind of interesting. However, just a, just a hard pitch in this day and age. Another subscription service, another paid service. I recently added Disney Plus. I'm paying for that. Netflix price seems to keep going up. Yeah. And then, like you mentioned, Will, if you're watching 10-minute content, aren't you just on YouTube anyways? Yeah. I mean, that's normal. 10 minutes if you got YouTube, 10 minutes don't just you just sense. hop yeah maybe you just hop to youtube if you have 10 minutes maybe we fit these different things in our mind time dependent however i watched the trailer and the little documentary and i sort of thought to myself hmm seeing as how i'm short on time could i invest myself in this premium idea let's say if they added a free tier and just put some ads in between each 10 minute piece would it would it be more compelling so here's the news story today. Quibi reportedly lost 90% of its early users after their free trials expired. That means they converted around 10% to the paid subscription. Paid subscriptions, I don't know what they, they're like seven, eight bucks. It's not quite Netflix level, but it'll cost you a few bucks. Uh, they also, for the record, Quibi kind of disputes these findings from this independent uh, data analysis firm. They say that the short form video platform signed up around 910,000 users in its first few days back in April. Of those users, only around 72,000 stuck around mm. after the three-month free trial, indicating the app had about an 8% conversion rate. Like I said, Quibi says differently. 
they claim they just straight up say 5.6 million people have downloaded it. So get away from us. Stop uh, making it look like we failed. Yeah. We hey, don't look at the data. Yeah, don't yeah. Stop. Well, or or just we want to frame the data in such a way to uh, amplify the piece of it that we like the best, which is the number of downloads, which kind of makes sense. They raised two billion dollars. What two bill? Are you two billion? Am I right? Is that the number? One point eight. $1.8 billion war chest to keep it afloat. $1.8 billion they raised for premium content, uh, 10 minute long premium. What? That seems like a big number. You're going to need to come with some content now. So, anyway, the more I looked at it, I was like, there's got to be some reason this thing hasn't really come across my radar. Poor marketing. Why am I not hearing about this? But then I was thinking the concept, I can kind of, I don't mind it all that much. But it's just such a crowded space. How do you get your message out? I read another thing about how they don't have a ha, have a method for sharing. For how do you share a clip? How do you how does it get promoted? How does this thing happen organically? Mm -hmm. How does it how do they are how can they be disruptive enough to pull some dollars away from Netflix or Disney? Or do they need to? Or do they just are they simply another one and they feel you can handle another subscription? It's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. But certainly, if this is if this number is to be believed, seventy two thousand paying subscribers in those early days, or the eight percent conversion, doesn't sound that promising. Doesn't sound like a way to make back two billion. Nope. If you do the math, if you gotta get two billion back from seventy two thousand, it's gonna take you a while. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, that said, that's not really a fair analysis. It's a new company. These things obviously take time. You're not gonna instantly flick the switch and count your two billion it takes time to build content figure out what works i recognize just being in the content business that building these kinds of uh, streams building these kind of platforms takes time well mm -hmm. even if it's just simply a youtube channel it could take years mm -hmm. so you can't really run your complete analysis right now but i want to i want to actually put it to the audience on this one can you handle another paid subscription at all does it even matter do you need some incredible piece of content or series to convince you to compel you to pay anything even if it's five bucks because i know we talked in the past of sort of feeling that way but then i added the disney plus subscription because i'm watching the national geographic stuff mm. so who am i to say well i added the other subscription i even watched a little bit of the jeff goldblum show on there so what am i doing i don't know hmm. maybe if they just hit, if they can just strike it with that one hot piece of content that's meme-worthy, that gets people talking and gets people gets it into Twitter trending with all the other weird stuff that ends up there, yeah, maybe they got something. But it's going to be an uphill battle. It's tough out here in the content game in 2020. And it's especially tough if your name is Quibi, as far as I'm concerned, because that's a, I don't know, that name for me, it just doesn't immediately... And maybe this is a retrospective where Netflix just sounds, it has some cachet to it. It's Netflix. Yeah. I just feel Quibi is not on that same, just the name. Mm -hmm. But maybe, maybe it's just that it's new, so it feels weird for now. Anyway, I don't know. Go check it out yourself. Let me know what you think. That you can watch some trailers without paying any money. Mm. But uh, it's it strikes me as sort of, it strikes me as premium YouTube. Ten because YouTube is 10 minutes. Yeah. For the most part. It's like a premium type of YouTube.
This you brought this one to my attention. I don't know what I'm supposed to think about this. I, this one he caught me off guard. Fortnite YouTube you YouTubers buy a mansion. This article's mad about it. It says it says they decorate it like sad teenagers. Uh, this is from Kotaku. Sad teenagers. Yeah, I don't know, but like I think emo? because I think because they all did their gaming setups in these small rooms, and even though they have this mansion, they're probably going to spend. 12 hours a day, no more, because they're streaming for like five or six and then uh -huh. they're editing their clips and then they sleep in those rooms too. So I think that the, the take here is what does it matter you have this mansion and then you just spend all your time in this one small room? Right. Like, is it even necessary? Do they ever emerge from their... But anyway, that's what he's saying. I'm not saying... I'm not a hater. I'm not, I'm not hating this, uh, this concept. This is a thing that's tried and tested. This is a thing that these gamers have done for... It's not exclusive to these guys. I think one of the reasons people are mad at these guys is because they named their team 1%. Yes. So I don't... That term doesn't necessarily uh, yield the, the most... Uh, you know, a nice response from people. Yeah, being the one percent. I don't know it's historically. A connotation. It has some connotation to it historically. The one percent thing. So I don't know why they named themselves that. I was thinking that maybe, maybe it had something to do with them being one percent, the one percent best gamers in Fortnite. Right. That I, would make. I was sense. I was kind of hoping that's what it was, but then I watched their clip and I wasn't even sure if that's what it was. Now maybe somebody can tell me, because you told because you said that these are all actually professional Fortnite players. They have millions of followers on their own. They combine together to do the house thing. It's been like I said, they're not the first to do it, mm -hmm. but then they walk through the house. They're selling the merch, and I guess it just I don't know. It just makes some people mad, but there is a kind of uncanny vibe to it that we can't really I can't put my finger on, nor can you. It's it's just hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on in this video Is because it? they march around the house. They're selling the merch. Uh, they don't drink wine, which is but one of the first things. they have a sponsor things. for it. But they'll take a sponsor yeah. for the wine. Or will they take a sponsor? Maybe they, they want to put Red Bull in the wine rack. I don't really know. Here's the thing, Will. I'm not going to come out here and hate because there's so many unknowns here. I'm just going to come out and say, if you were young like this and you were good at Fortnite and you built up this following and you got this house, what would your content look like? I don't know. This would be the dream if I was, you know, 15 or even 20. Like, it, it would be amazing to, to have all my friends living in a mansion. And right? if it's awkward, isn't that okay? Is it okay if it's awkward? <laughs> like, maybe they just don't. It's just a new thing. I, I don't know. It's a new and fresh to them, this idea. Maybe they just moved out of their parents' place and they have uh, this new house and right. they're doing what pe what they see other people do yeah. on YouTube. Maybe it's all real. So, so here's where here's where here's why I'm saying that. Because there was a feeling at first that the whole thing might be a joke because of the name and the sort of over-the-top nature of it that maybe it's a spoof on the thing. When it hit trending, people had questions about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons th these articles were written. But 
my take is that maybe, yeah, maybe it's a bit awkward, but so what? Of course it's awkward. The whole thing is awkward. Playing Fortnite for a living is awkward. Being rich on YouTube is awkward. It's all stinking awkward. Having the right thumbnails and titles to, to, to get views on YouTube if you're a Fortnite streamer. It's all awkward. So why are we surprised that this tour comes out as awkward? Mm. We shouldn't really be. We should just be like, yeah, that's kind of what it is. 2020 is a weird time to be alive. Now, the, now the one point you, you might be able to make here is the name. 1% might not be the smartest choice just because, like you said, to connotations. But maybe it's just a misinterpretation. Their description on the channel, one of a kind. I don't know if that, that really fits with the 1% thing. I don't. Are they oblivious to the connotation of the, the word or? I don't know, Will. I have some questions still. I'm just going to go with the fact that maybe they're the best. They think they're the best 1% that play the game. They're in the 1% on the leaderboards for Fortnite. Maybe that's all it is. That's a wise guess. Anyway, it's a new gaming team. You could check out the video for yourself and let me know what you think. But I'm giving them some leeway because they're young people. And I was a young person. Mm -hmm. And everyone is an idiot when they're young. Yes. I mean, that might, be, that might be extreme. But what no, I'm no. just saying is something absolutely. might look clear to you through the lens of some extra life experience. It might look weird to you. But don't act like you couldn't have done something a little bit awkward or weird when you were that age don't i mean that's crazy to act like that it's totally possible you would have and you're lucky the cameras weren't rolling let me ask you a question though do you think kids are smarter now or before well it depends Back on. i day. mean it depends on smarter right that's kind of like a big it's it's a big there's a lot to what we would what we would consider to be smart there's there's the you know a, bo a book smart type of education and there's a sort of a street wise or culture based or there's a social intelligence component mm -hmm. of being able to interact with people there's a lot of pieces i would say some places have maybe improved and other places mm. maybe less so all right because culture That's is just fair. this it's a moving thing right and yeah. not to say that anyone is better or worse because truthfully people just people are out there trying to survive they're going to build whatever tools necessary to get ahead in their own direction and that's I'm sure that's what these guys are doing. They've had some success. They're trying to they're trying to look at what they've seen in the past and they're rolling with the punches. capitalize on it. Yeah. You know, as anyone would. You get all these followers and what do we do next? I don't know. I think we get a house. I think we get <laughs> yeah. nice cars. I think we build sense. streaming rooms that are better than our current ones. No. I think that's what we do. I mean it all I don't know. It's all relative. Yeah, I don't know. What do I one thing I do know is that it's hot out. It's been really hot out recently. And so that's why this story caught my attention. Sony launches wearable air conditioner and personal heater for 130 bucks. I want this thing right now. Yeah, I was looking into getting it. Um, oh, it, they might send it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. Cool. That would be awesome. Uh, I don't know how well these things work, but it could be a, a truly genius type of thing because obviously... When it's really hot out and you may be forced to be in environments that aren't well air conditioned, uh, maybe you may have to work outside. I, I, that's immediately where my head went. This thing, apparently, for 130 bucks that you, that you wear on your back, is capable of dropping your body temperature by 13 degrees Celsius or 23 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not nothing, Will. 
13 degrees Celsius, 23 degrees Fahrenheit, you're feeling cooler for sure. Mm -hmm. It's all controlled via an app. I believe it connects to the app through Bluetooth and you can control your temperature that way. It's also capable of heating you up if it's cold out by eight degrees Celsius. That's your body temperature that I'm talking about. The device is roughly the size of a wallet and it slips into a special undershirt which features a pocket at the base of the neck. Which you know how if your neck is cold, all of a sudden you're cold? Or if your neck is hot, all of a sudden you're hot? Seems like a key location for your yes. body's cooling and heating. Yeah. So I wonder if this thing is capable through utilization of a small amount of power of having a big impact just because of the location it sits. That's my hope. I obviously would love to try it out for myself. Uh, like I said, uh, it, oh yeah, by the way, it only weighs three ounces, so hopefully you don't even notice that it's there. But my mind immediately went to the idea, anyone working in these conditions, anyone working on HVAC has to go on a roof right now to fix an HVAC unit or somebody working outdoors, maybe they work for the city. Uh, all kinds of jobs and professions put you outside in this crazy heat. Mm -hmm. Throw this baby on, you're feeling more comfortable. Uh, it uses USB Type-C to charge it up, and it has a two-hour charge time, which will give you 90 minutes of cooling. So hopefully you don't have to be outside too much. Mm. You can go hit the recharge on it and get yourself another hour and a half of cooling 130 bucks. I don't know if that's expensive or not. I think it really depends how well it works. It also comes with the shirt. Got to come with the shirt. Right? Special pocket. It's an undershirt, so you're supposed to put slide this into the undershirt and then still wear whatever shirt you were going to wear over right. top of it. And I guess you're going to have to wash the shirt Yes. as well. But I think that's a cool move because the idea of manufacturing an all-in-one cooling shirt and then it's the same thing I had when you have the hoodies that heat, heat themselves up. You got to remove the some electronic components to wash it. Just have it modular and remove the thing, wash the shirt, and then slide it back in when you're ready to go, recharge it. It's going to have to work well, though, to convince me to actually do it. So anyway, for the time being, it's, uh, pre it's available for purchase at various Japanese sites. It's called the Sony Rayon or Rayon Pocket, and it's a sleek, minimalist type of thing. Maybe if it cools you down, you don't need to work. You don't need to work the air conditioner so hard as well, even indoors. Right. And therefore, you could save a few bucks on the energy. I know you're. I don't know. I don't. Are you trying to save a few bucks on the energy? I don't. Some people are. Well, what about the environment? Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yeah, that Shit. thing. Canon made some news today. I don't know if you guys are into cameras, but this is a big deal in the camera world. They released the 45 megapixel flagship. Uh, R5, which can record 8K video in a in a an actual uh, DSLR form factor. It's a mirrorless camera, but in a you know a portable Tiny. form factor that would be more typical for still photography. Uh, we shoot on a Sony A7 series. We have so many of those cameras around here. This is a similar form factor, maybe a little bit bigger, but still tiny for 8K video capabilities. It'll shoot 8K RAW. And it'll also shoot 12 FPS. It offers in-body image stabilization, which is equally important for stills and video. And it's going to be $3,899, which is a lot of money. But when you're talking about 8K resolution, it's actually mm -hmm. not that much money, particularly to get it in a form factor like this. Uh, this may end up being a Netflix-approved camera as well, 
which they're pretty pretty strict on which cameras are used to shoot their shows. The beauty of 8K, Will, is not strictly 8K output, but also the opportunity to reframe shots. So you have a single shot, but you have so many, so much resolution that if your eventual output is 4K, you kind of you can crop in right. to different sections of the frame and create completely different 4K looks within the 8K frame. So it's a, a tremendous uh, amount of flexibility in post, starting with only one shot. Of course, you could still output 8K too if you want. If you're one of these few individuals who happens to have an 8K, 8K display, you want to see it in all its glory. Mm. Although those are, like I said, is they're, they're very rare. They also put out a slightly more affordable <clears throat> option at uh, called the R6, which is going to be limited to 4K, but it's going to save you a couple of dollars on the uh, on the full 8K version. I think it's like a thousand bucks less. Uh, what is it here? Is it listed in this particular article? So $38.99 for the R5. Can you give me an R6 price? Well, if you're cool with just taking 4K. Uh, in the meantime, it also is going to have a new autofocus system, dual pixel CMOS AF2 with 100% coverage, 1,053 AF areas. That's one of the huge advantages that Canon has and really an advantage in 8K because try to find yourself an 8K camera with any type of autofocus it's going to be difficult to do. And so to get that in this form factor, once again, it's just, it's kind of a, this is almost a mythological creature in the camera realm. 8K, small body, Canon might be back here to put pressure back on Sony. So you have some prices for us here, Will? The R6 is going to be $34.99. And the R5 is, oh no, these are estimated. This is an old article you is found it? here, oh. yeah. Because the the uh, da, 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 the R five is thirty eight ninety nine official. Oh. So I think the R six is going to be like three thousand instead of four thousand, somewhere okay. around there. But I thought I saw it in this article, but apparently it's not there. Uh, you want me to give it a shot there, Will? Pricing? Are we having a contest? Is it a Google contest right now? Canon R6 official price. It's a Google off. Hmm. You're right. It proves to be uh, quite difficult to find. Where where did I read that? And it's a lot of old. It's a lot of old articles. You see, the camera world is moving more slowly here than the tech realm, where we would have about a thousand articles on this thing. Oh, you got the price now. Well, July eighth is the article. So you have R6 pricing at 2500 and R5 pricing at 3899. So okay, anyways, uh, I, I don't who even cares about this R6 as a, <laughs> as as much as people might want to save a few bucks. The real headline here is the 8K capability of the 3899 R5 body. But anyways, camera nuts, camera nerds have been waiting for this for a long time, waiting for Canon to really uh, put up a, a competitor against what Sony's been doing in the, with the A7 series. And this is, well, this is kind of beyond that, dude. Mm -hmm. And now everybody has to wait and see what Sony does next. But this is a big move. High-speed, dual-pixel, AF, 8K, under four grand, handheld, Canon. Canon's back. Very impressive. Uh, Elon Musk has given an update on the brain-computer interface company Neuralink. Mm-hmm which we talked about, believe it or not, like a year ago, 
Whoa, that's a long time. Mm. This is that interface that is going to allow humans to be cyborgs, interface with AI, not be obsoleted by AI because we know what AI is actually doing because we're able to interface in a fashion that's more sophisticated than the way that we do right now using our mitts and our eyeballs and all this nasty bio bio stuff. Uh, so anyway, they've done some trials on animals. I believe there's nothing on humans yet. This company is dating back now to 2016, but of course the major development, the reveal was July 2019, so a year ago, which is wild at this point. But apparently there's going to be an update uh, the company will provide an update on its progress on August 28th. So we're getting an update in what, a little bit more than a month, month and a half. And they're going to let us know exactly what they've seen, what they've been working on. Maybe they stuck it in a human, Will. Those tiny little threads. Painless procedure, Will. I mean, Elon would be first, right? Do you think the, he'd... A, I, a successful I, I, test. I don't think he would submit himself to be the very first. Zero. Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure, but there's no shortage of people that want to sign up to be first, for the record. Did we have this conversation? We probably had this conversation. I don't think I would want to be first. I'd be a little more down the road, but there are a tremendous number. There's going to be people below this clip right here in the comment section that are saying, sign me up. I'm ready to do it. Yeah. I mean, the promise is pretty intense. If you could have this brain interface with everything that is intelligence, with all the information in the world... And you didn't have to use language or words to search for it, but just thoughts. I mean, can you imagine what, do you, what the implications of this are enormous? So there's going to be plenty of people that want to be at the absolute forefront of that potential advantage. But as you know, with great risk, with great reward comes great risk. I reversed it. Uh, the potential for risk, uh, of course, you know, I mean, that's just the nature of the thing. Who yeah. knows where it's going to go? The reason we're talking about the reason it's exciting is because it's new and it's bizarre and all the rest of it. And so it's going to take some time before it becomes the, the the status quo, before it becomes a thing that everybody's willing to do. But I'm telling you, man, you look at it and it's the science fiction aspect. It seems inevitable. You think to yourself, yeah, I guess so. Like VR, everything in the presence of this, all of our attempts at any kind of technological advancement or merging or whatever they all everything looks rudimentary compared to just linking up via mm -hmm. your brain directly mm -hmm. in this fashion here however the i'm sure there are a tremendous number of limitations for the time being but early stages much like when we were looking at the spot robot you got to just expand a vision imagine where it can go what it can all mean and just just in case people aren't familiar with it the position that elon takes is that this is not something you should be afraid of, but something that you should be doing proactively as a security measure against the potential power of AI, which may not include humans. Yes. That's the idea. And that this is some sort of way of advancing humans alongside the AI progression. So like anti-Terminator. Exactly. This is your savior. But to be fair, that's a better way to sell it. Is this, are we having a sound effect moment right now? Were you ready with that? Is that a soundboard? You had a button ready to go? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Wow, this show, the production value. We're almost ready for Quibi with this show. Oh, we're almost ready for our premium, our premium version. Ready for that deal. <laughs>
Anyway, if I was trying to sell you on a Neuralink, I would tell you this is your only uh, savior from AI. Yeah. Because then you're going to say, well, damn, I better get one of those. Uh -huh. So anyway, it's... But he might be right. He certainly has uh, spent a little more time on AI than you or I, and probably most people watching this. Mm -hmm. Empty Manhattan apartments reach record levels. Landlords slash rent. Can't say... If you were to ask me two years ago if I saw something like this coming, people always goofing on Manhattan rent prices and other places too, San Francisco. I've been reading up on this because it's just an interest. It's interesting to me how what's been going on in the world can could potentially shape a completely different future from the one in which we're used to. There appears to be some degree of exodus outside of some major urban centers as the lockdown <laughs> probably really makes you analyze what you're working with if you're expected to stay home most of the time. Mm -hmm. Some of those tiny little Manhattan apartments started to feel like a jail cell, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, people would treat like a hotel room because really the benefit or the proposition of living in an urban center is that you get to enjoy all the surroundings, all the amenities, and really all you got to do is go back to your tiny little apartment just to sleep. And who cares anyway? But if you're spending a lot of time locked down and a lot of the things you would typically do for entertainment don't exist as much as they used to, you start to question, why am I paying this kind of rent to sit in here? I could sit anywhere right now. Yeah. So anyways, uh, more than 10,000 apartments were listed for rent in Manhattan in June, an increase of over 85% from last year, according to a report from Miller Samuel and Doug Douglas Elliman. The official vacancy rate hit a record 3.67%, but many believe it's far higher according to brokers who were asked about it. In an effort to fill those vacant apartments, landlords are dropping prices and off offering even larger incentives, some incentives in the form of free rent, like the first uh, month and a half I read in here, first couple months for free just to try to get people in. Uh, but of course, you, I mean, who, who really knows? Who really knows if it will, the demand will ever be what it was? Or if there could be a new normal when it comes to vacancy rates, or if there could be, a, if the urban center may, may have lost some of its luster given the, the recent happenings, or if it's just a matter of time before it flips back around and everybody uh, loves their urban environments and can go to their typical entertainment venues and can sit on the patios and bars and inside all the various spaces that would make you want to live in these places and pay some astronomical rent. Mm. However, for the group that moves out, for the group that's part of the mass exodus and they start to pay that lower rent for a bigger space, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow to go back. Yeah. And once they've experienced all that all that a little more space has to offer. Yeah. So it remains to be seen, but it's uh, pretty unprecedented in recent times to see this type of dip or decline in uh, Manhattan or elsewhere, or San Francisco for that matter. You let me know once again. Let's see what the public is saying. If you're a person living in a tight urban center are you considering trying to get out is is now the time or are you in it to win it and you don't care you'll you'll lock down forever to stay in manhattan or, or any other city for that matter i know you willie do you like uh you like to have a little space i like grass clippings like, and yeah. lawn you like to have a little space area yeah a little air to breathe as well to yourself yeah the fresh dew in the morning that's why that's what we're talking about yeah. anyways all right there you have it that's it.